Chapter Thirteen, Part One of the Betrothed. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading done by Jules Harlock of Mississauga, Ontario, Canada. The Betrothed by Alessandro Manzoni chapter thirteen part one the unfortunate superintendent was at this moment digesting a poor and scanty dinner unwillingly eaten with a little stale bread and awaiting with much suspense the termination of this storm far from suspecting that it was about to fall with such violence upon his own head some benevolent person preceded the crowd in urging haste and entered the house to warn him of his pressing danger the servants already attracted to the door by the noise were looking with much alarm up the street in the direction of the approaching tumult while listening to the warning the vanguard came in sight they ran in haste and terror to inform their master and while he was deliberating whether he should fly or how he should accomplish it someone else arrived to tell him that there was no longer time for flight scarcely was there time for the servants to secure the door they however barred and locked it and then ran to fasten the windows as when a violent storm is threatening and the hail is expected to come down every moment the increasing howls of the people following like a thunderclap resounded through the empty yard every corner of the house re-echoed it and in the midst of the tremendous and mingled uproar were heard loudly and repeatedly the blows of stone upon the door the superintendent the tyrant the fellow who would starve us we'll have him dead or alive the poor man wandered from room to room pale and almost breathless with terror striking his hands together commending himself to god and imploring his servants to stand firm and find him some way of making his escape but how and where he ascended to the garret and there through an aperture between the ceiling and the tiles looked anxiously into the street and saw it swarming with the enraged populace more terrified than ever he then withdrew to seek the most secure and secret hiding-place he could find here he crouched down and listened whether the awful bursts of fury would ever subside and the tumult ever abate but hearing that the uproar rather became more savage and outrageous and the blows against the door more rapidly repeated his heart sank within him and he hastily stopped his ears then as if beside himself gnashing his teeth and distorting his countenance he impetuously extended his arms and shook his fists as if he would keep the door secure in spite of all the pushes and blows at last in absolute despair he sank down upon the floor and remained terrified and almost insensible expecting his death renzo found himself this time in the thickest of the confusion not now carried there by the throng but by his own deliberate will 
at the first proposal of bloodshedding he felt his own curdle within him as to the plundering he had not exactly determined whether in this instant it were right or wrong but the idea of murder aroused in him immediate and unfeigned horror and although by that fatal submission of excited minds to the excited affirmations of the many he felt as fully persuaded that the superintendent was an impressive villain as if he had known with certainty and minuteness all that the unhappy man had done omitted and thought yet he had advanced among the foremost with the determined intention of doing his best to save him with this resolution he had arrived close to the door which was assailed in a hundred ways some with flints were hammering at the nails of the lock to break it open others with stakes chisels and hammers set to work with more method and regularity others again with sharp stones blunted knives broken pieces of iron nails and even their finger-nails if they had nothing else pulled down the plaster and defaced the walls and labored hard to loosen the bricks by degrees so as to make a breach those who could not lend a hand encouraged the others by their cries but at the same time by the pressure of their persons they contributed to impede the work already considerably obstructed by the disorderly contentions of the workers for by the favor of heaven it sometimes happens in evil undertakings as to often in good that the most ardent abettors of a work become its greatest impediments the first magistrates who had notice of the insurrection immediately sent off to the commander of the castle which then bore the name of porto giovia for the assistance of some troops and he quickly dispatched a band of men but what with the information and the orders and the assembling and getting on their way and their march the troops did not arrive till the house was completely surrounded by an immense army of besiegers and they therefore halted at a sufficient distance from it at the extremity of the crowd the officer who commanded them knew not what course to pursue here was nothing but an assembly of idle and unarmed people of every age and both sexes on orders being given to disperse and make way they replied by a deep and prolonged murmur but no one moved to fire down upon the crowd seemed to the officer not only a cruel but dangerous course which while it offended the less formidable would irritate the more violent besides he had received no such instructions to push through this first assembly overthrow them right and left and go forward to carry war where it was given would have been the best but how to succeed was the point who knew whether the soldiers would be able to proceed united and in order for if instead of breaking through the crowd they should be routed on entering they would be left to the mercy of the people after having exasperated them the irresolution of the commander and the inactivity of the soldiers appeared whether justly or not to proceed from fear 
those who stood next to them contented themselves with looking them in the face with an air as the milanese say of i don't care for you those who stood a little further off could not refrain from provoking them by making faces at them and by cries of mockery further on few knew or cared who was there the spoilers continued to batter the wall without any other thought than of succeeding quickly in their undertaking the spectators ceased not to animate them with shouts among these appeared one who was himself a spectacle an old and half-starved man who rolling about two sunken and fiery eyes composing his wrinkled face to a smile of diabolical complacency and with his hands raised above his infamous hoary head was brandishing in the air a hammer a rope and four large nails with which he said he meant to nail the vicar to the posts of his own door alive as he was fie upon you for shame burst forth from renzo's horrified at such words and at the sight of so many faces betokening approbation of them at the same time encouraged by seeing others who although silent betrayed in their countenances the same horror that he felt for shame would you take the executioner's business out of his hand murder a christian how can you expect that god will give us food if we do such wicked things he will send us thunderbolts instead of bread ah dog traitor to his country cried one of those who could hear in the uproar these sacred words turning to renzo with a diabolical countenance wait wait he is a servant of the superintendents dressed like a peasant he is a spy give it to him give it to him a hundred voices echoed the cry what is it where is he who is he a servant of the superintendent a spy the superintendent disguised as a present and making his escape where is he where is he give it to him give it to him renzo became dumb shrank into a mere nothing and endeavored to make his escape some of his neighbors helped him to conceal himself and by louder and different cries attempted to drown these adverse and homicidal shouts but what was of more use to him than anything else was a cry of make way make way which was heard close at hand make way here is help make way ho hey what was it it was a long ladder that some persons were bringing to rear against the house so as to gain an entrance through one of the windows but by great good fortune this means which would have rendered the thing easy was not in itself so easy of execution the bearers who at each end and here and there at intervals supported it pushed it about and impeded by the crowd reeled to and fro like waves one with his head between two steps and the sides resting on his shoulders groaned beneath the weight as under a galling yoke another was separated from his burden by a violent push the abandoned machine bruised heads shoulders and arms and the reader must imagine the complaints and murmurs of those who thus suffered 
others raising the dead weight with their hands crept underneath it and carried it on their backs crying it is our turn let us go the fatal machine advanced by bounds and exchanges now straight forward now obliquely it came however in time to distract and divert the attention of renzo's persecutors and he profited by this confusion within confusion creeping quietly along at first and then elbowing his way as well as he could he withdrew from the post where he found himself in such a perilous situation with the intention of making the best of his escape from the tumult and of going in real earnest to find or wait for father bonaventura all on a sudden a movement began at one extremity extended itself through the crowd and a cry was echoed from mouth to mouth in chorus ferrer ferrer surprise expressions of favor or contempt joy and anger burst forth wherever the name was heard some echoed it some tried to drown it some affirmed some denied some blessed some cursed is ferrer here it isn't true it isn't true yes yes long live ferrer he who gives bread at a low price no no he's here he's here in his carriage what is this fellow going to do why does he meddle in it we don't want anybody ferrer long live ferrer the friend of poor people he's come to take the superintendent to prison no no we will get justice ourselves back back yes yes ferrer let ferrer come off with the superintendent to prison and everybody standing on tiptoe turned toward the part where the unexpected new arrival was announced but everybody rising they saw neither more nor less than if they had all remained standing as they were yet so it was all arose in fact at the extremity of the crowd on the opposite side to where the soldiers were stationed antonio ferrer the high chancellor was approaching in his carriage feeling conscious probably that by his mistakes and obstinacy he was the cause or at any rate the occasion of this outbreak he now came to try and allay it and to avert at least the most terrible and irreparable effects he came in short to employ worthily a popularity unworthily acquired in popular tumults there is always a certain number of men who either from overheated passions or from fanatical persuasions or from wicked designs or from an execrable love of destruction do all they can to push matters to the worst they propose or send the most inhuman advice and fan the flame wherever it seems to be sinking nothing is ever too much for them and they wish for nothing so much as that the tumult should have neither limits nor end but by way of counterpoise there is always a certain number of very different men who perhaps with equal ardor and equal perseverance are aiming at a contrary effect some influenced by friendship or partiality for the threatened objects 
others without further impulse than that of a pious and spontaneous horror of bloodshed and atrocious deeds heaven blesses such in each of these two opposite parties even without antecedent concert conformity of inclination creates an instantaneous agreement in operation those who make up the mass and almost the materials of the tumult besides are a mixed body of men who more or less by infinite gradations hold to one or to the other extreme partly incensed partly knavish a little inclined to a sort of justice according to their idea of the word a little desirous of witnessing some grand act of villainy prone to ferocity or compassion to adoration or exhortation according as opportunity presented itself of indulging to the full one or the other of these sentiments craving every moment to know and to believe some gross absurdity or improbability and longing to shout applaud or revile in somebody's train long live and down with are the words most readily uttered and he who has succeeded in persuading them that such and one does not deserve to be quartered has need of very few words to convince them that he deserves to be carried in triumph actors spectators instruments obstacles whichever way the wind blows ready even to be silent when there is no longer any one to give them the word to desist when instigators fail to disperse when many concordant and uncontradicted voices have pronounced let us go and to return to their own homes demanding of each other what has happened since however this body has hence the greatest power nay is in fact the power itself so each of the two active parties uses every endeavor to bring it to its own side to engross its services they are as it were two adverse spirits struggling which shall get possession of and animate this huge body it depends upon which side can diffuse a cry the most apt to excite the passions and direct their motions in favor of its own schemes can most seasonably find information which will arouse or allay their indignation and excite either their terror or their hopes and can give the word which repeated more and more vehemently will at once express attest and create the vote of the majority in favor of one or the other party all these remarks are intended as an introduction to the information that in the struggle of the two parties who were contending for the suffrages of the populace crowded round the house of the superintendent the appearance of antonio ferrer instantly gave a great advantage to the more moderate side which had evidently been kept in awe and had the succor been a little longer delayed would have had neither power nor scope for combat this person was acceptable to the multitude on account of the tariff of his own appointment which had been so favorable to purchasers and also for his heroic resistance to every argument on the contrary side 
minds already thus biased were now more than ever captivated by the bold confidence of the old man who without guards or revenue ventured thus to seek and comfort an angry and ungoverned multitude the announcement also that he came to take the superintendent prisoner produced a wonderful effect so that the fury entertained towards the unfortunate man which would have been rendered more violent whoever had come to oppose it without making any concessions was now with this promise of satisfaction and to use a melanese expression with this bone in their mouth a little allayed and made way for other and far different sentiments which pervaded the minds of the greater part of the crowd for the favorers of peace having recovered their breath seconded ferrer in a hundred ways those who were next to him by exciting and re-exciting the cries of general applause by their own and endeavoring at the same time to repulse the people so as to make a clear passage for the carriage the others by applauding repeating and spreading his word or what appeared to them the best he could utter by silencing the furious and the obstinate and turning against him the new passions of the fickle assembly who is there that won't say long live ferrer don't you wish bread to be sold cheap eh they are all rascals who don't wish for justice like christians they want to make as much noise as they can to let the vicar escape to prison with the vicar long live ferrer make room for ferrer as those who talked in this strain continued to increase the courage of the opposite party rapidly cooled so that the former proceeded from reprimands so far as to lay hands upon the demolishers to repulse them and even to snatch the weapons from their grasp these grumbled threatened and endeavored to regain their implements but the cause of blood had given way and the predominating cries were prison justice ferrer after a little struggle they were driven back the others possessed themselves of the door both to defend it from further assaults and to secure access for ferrer and some of them calling to those within apertures for such a purpose were not wanting informed them of the assistance that had arrived and bid them get the superintendent ready to go directly to prison ahem do you hear is this the ferrer who helps to make out proclamations demanded our friend renzo of a new neighbor remembering the vidit ferrer that the doctor had pointed out to him at the bottom of one of these edicts and which he had resounded so perversingly in his ears yes the high chancellor was the reply he is a worthy man isn't he more than that it is he who fixed bread at a low price and they wouldn't have it so and now he is come to take the superintendent prisoner who has not dealt justice to us it is unnecessary to say that renzo was instantly for ferrer he wished to get a sight of him directly but this was no easy matter yet with the help of sundry breastings and elbowings 
like a true alpine he succeeded in forcing a passage and reaching the foremost ranks next to the side of the carriage end of chapter thirteen part one